You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. There's going to be some uh, testy moments, no? <laughs> there could be uh, quite the culture in that dressing room. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Curra. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, And we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. It's game day, baby. Let's go. Week one has arrived. I'm on three and a half hours of sleep. Brazilian Thai is on 38 hours of sleep. I think we're ready. I I think so. Um, You know, I'm not at 100%. (laughs) I wouldn't say all eight cylinders are firing, but uh, enough to get us around the track. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we got a lot to get to, so let's go. This episode of Two and Out brought to you by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta, offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and they've got profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose who to buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from. If you choose Park Power, you're choosing a positive local business. Plus, Park Power shares its profits with those local not-for-profits. You actually get to choose which one you would like to support when you sign up. They're working on making a difference for their communities, and you can help them do just that. Shopping local is very important to Park Power's owner, Chris Kozowski, and we love local at the Alberta Podcast Network, so of course, it's a great fit. You can learn more at parkpower.ca in the huddle with Karan Tai on the Two and Out podcast. All right, it feels real now. We've got the list: the top fifty CFL players heading into the season. <laughs> I gotta say, I, I do not envy whoever came up with this list. No. I have a hunch that next year's list is going to look completely different. But for the first time in a while, a non-quarterback is headlining here. Brandon Banks, the number one CFL player. I got to say, pretty tough to disagree with that, Ty. Uh, Yeah. I mean, there's other guys that could get it. But, I mean, out of the group of, what, like four or five, that could be number one. I don't think you're going to have any qualms with any one of those guys being named. Uh, the number one player in the CFL. I mean, this guy's electric. Every time he touches the ball, it's a chance to score. Uh you know, now that they finally figured out, it took them how many years to you know get him involved in the offense, and the last couple have have just been a beauty to watch. So, I mean, not a huge surprise, not a lot of arguments. Uh, arguments could be made for you know a couple other guys to be number one, but like I said, uh, any one of those guys is named number one, and I think that top five, top four is you know pretty uh, indistinguishable right now. You know what? It's it's really an interesting point there because. When I'm sitting here right now, it almost it almost feels like Brandon Banks has been doing this for a decade at receiver. Mm-hmm. But no, he, he really, it was about halfway through 2017 when June Jones was there that he really and finally got an opportunity in the offense. And yep. he's been getting a thousand yards since then. <laughs> 
Yeah, and I mean, what before that his most memorable play, and I, I, I know it kind of sounds bad, but like the the return getting called back in the Grey Cup. Why are they kicking to him in that point? Because you know what he can do. So I mean, even back then, yeah, he knew yeah. that he had this capability. But now that he, you know, like you said, halfway through twenty seventeen, he gets that chance in the offense, and it's just been uh, all systems go uh, since the start. CFL earlier this week announcing a cancellation policy for games during this season. Uh, if a game can't be played as scheduled because of COVID nineteen issues, and it can't be rescheduled and one club is suffering from the issues that club will support the game will forfeit the game and be assigned a loss while its opponent will be credited with a win by a score of one nothing got to love a win by a rouge right and if it's both clubs best. are suffering <laughs> from the covid issues then both clubs will forfeit the game and be assigned a loss now here's the thing if in both of these circumstances if a team can prove that 85% of its players under contract have been vaccinated at least once and hopefully fully vaccinated its players will receive their salary for the canceled game if the team is below that 85% threshold the entire team will not receive its salary. Talk about incentive, man. You got to imagine if, <laughs> you know, 83% of the team's vaccinated <laughs> and uh, they lose a game check because of 17% of the guys, there's going to be some uh, testy moments, no? <laughs> there could be uh, quite the culture in that dressing room. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> You're getting on board now. It's the word of 2021, baby. <laughs> Join two and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em. And show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. Let's start with Thursday night football. It's the Winnipeg Blue Bombers against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. The Ticats beat the Bombers twice during the 2019 regular season, but they did not beat them when it mattered most. I do want to mention uh, a really cool announcement from the Tiger Cats, the launch of the Ticats Audio Network. Yes, they've got games airing uh, on AM 900 CHML, but they put together this this. Honestly, it looks amazing. It it looks unreal for fans of Tiger Cats football. Uh, they're going to have five hours of game day programming. You look at the names involved in this. I mean, you were wondering what Luke Tasker was going to do. Well, he's going to be doing the play-by-play with R.J. Broadhead. Uh, Andy Fantuz is going to be taking part in this. Brody Lawson's going to be taking part in this. Mike Morreale, Rob Hitchcock, Bakari Grant, Courtney Steven is in this. This is really cool, and maybe this is the future of what sports teams are going to be doing to get content to their fans. This looks really cool. I think that's been the biggest downfall of the CFL. Is like, you know, on game day, a lot of teams, like, you know, you're going through Regina. They're, the minute you wake up, it's rider covered, right? Uh, especially on a game yeah, day. They're lucky there, yep. Right, yep. it's 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 nuts. Now, I mean, five hours of, of game day coverage in Hamilton. You know, it's it's just something that, like you said, like the fans now have something 
brought to them and more content and and just another way to reach a fan fan bases that you know sometimes trying to get stuff off the website or trying to find you know stats and highlight packs and stuff like that it can get frustrating on on the CFL website and even on some of the team websites uh you know they they put out a thing like every day or every other day with like a coach or whatever but i mean to have that much time dedicated to game day coverage is just something else yeah if if you're not going to get the coverage from traditional media make it mm-hmm. yourself yep <laughs> and i think the fans will absolutely appreciate that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers getting prepared to raise that 2019 Grey Cup banner. It's been oh so long. I know they're excited for it, and I'm sure the Thai Cats can't wait to see that banner raised. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I've seen there. people upset about this that they're doing it while the Thai Cats are there. I don't understand what they want Winnipeg to do to baby the Thai Cats and feel bad for them. I don't get you, it. You do it at your home opener. That's it. It's not yeah. their fault that that the league scheduled them against Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And if you if you're upset about it, shut the hell up because you, you who cares what you think. <laughs> that's where I'm at. That's the, it's the that's the <laughs> dumbest thing to be upset about I've ever heard. Yeah, that's uh <laughs> like it feels good to be upset or uh hearing dumb stories about this again, but at the same time I'm just as, as annoyed. <laughs> Yeah, just roll my eyes, and it's like, ah, here we go again. (laughs) Man, I'm excited to see injury reports. Look, I know that teams don't need to uh, release the game status of a player until the day before the game, but practice doesn't lie, man. If, Mm -hmm. if, (laughs) If there's a player listed as did not practice for three days... I would say it's pretty safe uh, to bet that uh, probably not going to be seeing the field. And this is big. In in the CFL, there's been a lot of gamesmanship, especially on closed practice day, blah, 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 hiding the fact that guys are practicing, hiding yeah. their status. This is really big, I, I, especially if they want to be – they want to be transparent for the betting. I know they signed up with Bet Regal – dot net uh, i mean i'll give them the benefit of the doubt I, I legit tried to sign up for the website it keeps saying my login failed I, I pressed the forgot password it looks like a website that's new to people but either way if they want betting to take off then uh, this needs mm-hmm. to be a thing and i think it's off to a pretty good start tie yeah and i mean the list just keeps growing every day it seems which isn't surprising considering that it's football but yeah. At the same time, it's like I thought we weren't having pads and stuff in practice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot of them don't seem like contact injuries. <laughs> no, so I mean a lot of non-contact stuff. Uh, but like you said, you have to be trans- if you want to make money off the betting and gambling and stuff. You have to be transparent because you know you can bet on a game on it. Like you can bet on the Thursday nighter if you want to do like a week long part a weekend parlay. Well, now you got to wait till the morning of, basically, to make sure all your ducks are in a row, because mm-hmm. you have no idea what those teams have been doing that week in practice, and who's practiced and who hasn't. It's just annoying. Um, you know, it's a long time coming. I'm surprised it took this long. It's kind of a joke that it took this long, but we're here, and and you know, they're all, the 
the practice reports, I mean, do not did not practice, limited, you know, whatever it is. It's it's nice to see, and you can kind of get a feel for what the team's going to be looking like come game day. It'll help fantasy as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you can join us uh, on the website there, CFL Fantasy. You can join us as for Pick'em. You can just search search the two and out group and have fun with us all season long when it comes when it comes to that, it still takes work. You still need to look at the injury reports on CFL.ca. You still, I would look at the depth charts that the teams release uh, the day before the game just to make sure you're good to go. Sometimes those can fool you a little bit as well, but it's <laughs> it's good to have as much information as you can. Mm-hmm. They do need to be able to integrate this with the fantasy website to make it as good as possible. If that information on there stays updated, that will get a thumbs up from me. They also need to completely overhaul that system. Let's go with the Hamilton Tiger Cats (laughs) at practice this week. (laughs) No Braylon Addison. Uh, He hasn't practiced. He hasn't been ruled out at the time of recording. By the time you hear this, it's probably a good chance that he will not be playing. Devere Posey has been uh, ruled out for the game. If <laughs> you had to pick a starting five at receiver for the Ticats, it's probably Brandon Banks, Jalen Acklin, Marcus Tucker, David Ungerer, Jalen Marshall, maybe. But again, look at those depth charts as they're mm-hmm. released. Jalen Acklin That'd be a pretty nice pick for your fantasy fantasy team. As far as the CFL fantasy prices, he's under $4,000. And if he's the number two target in that offense, I don't mind that at all. No, averaging 8.6 points per per game, uh, only 1.3 against Winnipeg. But, I mean, you look at where he's been on the depth chart, it's kind of tough to get those looks when, you know, you're the fourth, fifth option in an offense. Uh, that being said, Winnipeg, also allows the most points to wide receivers. Uh, that was 2019, so I mean, a lot has changed, but those are the numbers we have to go off of. So, like you said, as a second option behind Brandon Banks, there's a lot of upside there, especially for under $4,000. Yeah, because if you if you pick up Brandon Banks, he's more than 33% of your fantasy, and, or your budget, and yeah. uh, that's not a good way to... S- to build a real life team. How's it's that? Tough... How's that working out for the Oilers? <laughs> uh, but you know, I was looking at 2019, and the Bombers were able to hold Brandon Banks in check over the last uh-huh. 36 games. He's averaged 100 yards. That's his average. It's it's phenomenal what he's able to do, but the Bombers held him to 48 yards in one game. They held him to 72 in the Grey Cup. I mean, without Braylon Addison, I know there's there's some talent in the receiving core, but it makes it a little bit easier, even though the Bombers lost some uh, you know contributors in the secondary. Richie Hall has shown that he's been able to scheme and maybe able to hold Banks in check a little bit. Yeah, and that might just be a one-off. He has averaged 15.2 points against Winnipeg. So, I mean, <laughs> for 14,000 bucks, pretty that's good. pretty decent. Uh, you know, yeah. that's 0.5 points lower than his average. So, I mean, if they keep doing it, then it might, then it might not just be the anomaly. Uh, but like you said, Richie Hall 
knows how to run a defense. Uh, we've, we've seen it for years. Uh, and then you got a guy like Braylon Addison, too, 12.4 against Winnipeg, 16.3 overall. I mean, if if the numbers go like they say they are or that, that we have from 2019, at 50, Winnipeg per game allowed 56.3 points to wide receivers. Wow. So there is there is ample opportunity for these guys to, to put up some numbers. It was hard to rush the ball against them, and mm-hmm. uh, it still and will be. You know what? The bombers bombers did give up yards, but they would they would force turnovers, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe that's easier said than done if you can protect the ball against that team. One situation that I think Ty Cats fans are really watching is uh, Chris Van Zyl has been limited and banged up at practice. He looks to me to be questionable for the game. But either way, the Ticats don't have CFL experience at left tackle. Trayvon Tate might be the guy starting, has never started a CFL game. But Ty, that is... Willie Jefferson territory. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember the 2019 Grey Cup? It was all him. He he destroyed Hamilton's offense. Yeah. And I, if <laughs> if you're going to start a rookie, you're in a lot of trouble. Look look at how yeah. he made Chris Van Zyl look. Exactly. And he had uh, had a big night at the CFL Awards earlier mm-hmm. that Grey Cup week. Which surprised <laughs> nobody. <laughs> uh, Don Jackson has been limited at running back all week. Uh, maybe this is Sean Thomas Erlington territory. I, I kind of want to avoid the Ticats running backs until uh-huh. we get some clarity. What about you? Yeah, I'm the same way. Uh, Don Jackson, like I said, limited, but only... 4.9 points per game against Winnipeg. Malik Irons and Sean Thomas Erlington are at 6.2 and 6.3. Not a lot of upside. Uh, and Winnipeg only allowed 11.6 points per game to running backs. So, like, it, it just sets up to avoid that situation entirely. And then, you know, when Sean Thomas Erlington scores two touchdowns and rushes for 100 yards, we'll be called idiots. As for Winnipeg, Andrew Harris, Darvin Adams, serious danger of missing... Week one, I, I guess let's start with running back. Brady Oliveira and Johnny Augustine look like the ones to split carries. I would say Oliveira, the one getting the the bulk of the work here, um, but the Hamilton Tiger Cats, I, I know we shout out Winnipeg's defensive line. <laughs> That's a strong D line in uh-huh. in Hamilton, and it is cliche the, the trench battle in Winnipeg-Hamilton is going to be one to watch yeah. here. Remember, Oliveira is the one that beat out Johnny Augustine for the backup spot in 2019 before getting hurt. Augustine carried the load when Harris got suspended in 2019. They've got some good options there. And when I'm building a fantasy team, and we'll get into this a little bit later, anytime you can get a cheap option at running back... <laughs> I think that's a that's a good way to go. I mean, especially with uh, ha- our Winnipeg's offensive line and the way they've run a, an offense the last few years. Mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine this year being much different. And a cheap option that's going to play, and especially with like you said, Harris probably 
not going to play this week. Uh, you know, Augustine averaging 7.1 points per game uh, against Winnipeg 3.7. Oliveira obviously zeros across the board. But, I mean, if Augustine or Oliveira are going to get the bulk carries and we can figure that out, or if they're going to split, it kind of takes a little bit of the value away. It's only 25K, but, I mean, that if you can, you got to find value somewhere. Uh, it's tough to pick one until we see who's going to be starting, but at the same time, that doesn't mean much if you're going to run a uh, a tandem in the backfield just to kind of lighten the load on these two guys and just wait for Harris to be healthy. You know, we'll see how uh, the offense runs this year. Well, they're going to have to because they're not going to pass the ball. <laughs> well, I mean, how different is it going to be with uh, Buck Pierce leading the charge instead of Paul Lapalise? Lapo found a way, I thought, to work Nick Dembski into the game plan <laughs> beautifully. It, it seemed like he was doing something different every week. He was all over the field. H- how do you like uh, maybe going with him? Sometimes you got to hope for the... The touchdown with Dembski, yeah. but it, it doesn't seem like a crazy proposition for him to have one either. No, it doesn't seem crazy. You, you can take a flyer on him, uh, averaging 6.1 against Hamilton, 7.2 overall. There's only one receiver uh, on this Winnipeg team that averages double digits against Hamilton, and that's Kenny Lawler. So truly the mm. king. Um, you know, and with Darvin out, it looks like, I mean, it kind of bumps everybody up one. Maybe Dembski... Uh, becomes your second option, and you know, like you said, a touchdown doesn't seem that crazy with him because we've we've seen him in the red zone. Like he he's pretty he can be pretty slippery, and you know he doesn't even have to see a ball to catch it. So, um, if you want to take a flyer on him, I don't I don't hate it. It's just it just worries me with his averages right now. Kenny Lawler does look to be the number one target for mm-hmm. Zach Caleros in Week One. Let's let's talk Friday night football. The uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders against the BC Lions. The BC Lions winless against the West in 2019. But this is still a tough situation to walk into a sold out Mosaic Stadium. Rider yeah. Nation's been waiting a long time for this. It's going to be a rocking house. Oh, just full of heathens. It's going to be nuts. <laughs> Friday night under the lights? I mean, oh, I mean, come on. <laughs> it's not even fair. Uh, the Riders have strengths uh, at receiver. It looks like the starting five, probably going to be Mitch Picknett, Kyron Moore, Shaq Evans, Braden Linnaeus, and Jordan Williams-Lambert. There is a lot of hype surrounding mm-hmm. Braden Linnaeus, and as of right now, He's twenty five hundred bucks on CFL fantasy now. If, if if you put him in and he doesn't do much for you because Shaq Evans goes off for one hundred and forty yards and two touchdowns, <laughs> don't get mad at that. But that twenty five hundred, it might be worth throwing it out there if yep. you uh, want to fit in somebody expensive like Brandon Banks or something like that. Well, and you mentioned Shaq Evans going off. Kyron Moore averaging thirteen point five points a game against BC which is the highest out of that wide receiver core in Saskatchewan right now. Um, And averaging 12.3 points per game as well, which is the highest. Like it's, he puts up numbers because teams focus in on Shaq Evans. So it opens up a lot of options everywhere else, which, you know, trickles down to a guy like Braden Lenius, you know, real small sample size, obviously only 0.9 points 
against BC, but I mean, if if everybody else is going to get doubled and looked at looked at like they need to shut them down, it's going to open up a lot of opportunities for uh, other guys that you don't uh, usually see. Do you see this game being all William Powell? I, I look early last season, the Riders were giving Powell the ball 20 times a game. They were giving it to him uh, a lot, and there's not much experience in BC's mm-hmm. front seven with a uh, offensive line in Saskatchewan that has some fans worried due yeah. to all the departures in the offseason. I mean, but then, I mean, you look at the departures of the D-line in BC, so... Maybe this this game right. is the one that levels everything out. <laughs> like to me, it, it's just run at BC, get that yeah. offensive line engaged, and uh, beat them up a little bit. That that's what uh, it looks like. This game should be to me. William Powell averages twenty three point one points against BC, <laughs> and that that includes his career with Ottawa. Yeah, that's big. That, that's massive. <laughs> Um, especially when his average against the entire league is 15.8. Like, it's a little nuts. Um, I think, I think it's going to be, you know, feed him the ball, get that running game kind of established. And if they, if they're up big, I don't see them continually giving the ball. I think, you know, a guy like Keenan LaFrance comes in or somebody like that and take some carries away later on in the game just to save Powell. Because if you're up by, you know, 15, 20 points, there's no point in killing your number one guy. As for BC, Michael Riley has been limited. He's expected to play Friday night against the Riders, and uh, they're going to need to protect him better. That That is the most obvious statement of the season yeah. here. And I, I remember last year, thinking, man, this might be a high-flying offense. Brian Burnham, Deron Carter, the Carter thing didn't play out. But I look at this receiving core now, and I see, ooh, <laughs> there's yeah. some upside in BC. Brian Burnham, just under 1,500 yards last year. Dominique Rimes, who I want to mention here, had 1,000 yards with Ottawa last year. Mm-hmm. And if you saw what he did against Saskatchewan with Ottawa? You know it's there. Over over two games, 15 catches, 264 yards, and two touchdowns. Yeah. Against the rest of the league, he averages 8.7 points per game. Against the Riders, 13.5. I mean, those two games really bumped up numbers, but, I mean, that's a pretty substantial discrepancy. Brian, Brian Burnham, just your consummate number one in BC. I, I don't think there's any argument there. Uh, averaging 15.9 right. against the Riders, 13.9 uh, overall. Uh, even a guy like Lucky Whitehead who can... You got Lucky Whitehead and Chris Rainey there. So, I mean, the return game, who knows who's going to get the bulk there. I feel like it's going to be Rainey if uh, Cooper's going to start. But, I mean, either one of those guys can can take one back. It's it's uh it's just one of those things where last or not last year 2019 they didn't have a good return game it seemed they were always behind the eight ball so this can totally turn around make their offense make it a lot easier for their offense and you got a guy like Michael Riley back there who is arguably probably top two top three quarterbacks in this league still uh and and the ability to put up numbers and he's got a receiving core now where if the offensive line keep him upright uh they can put up some gaudy numbers 
Well, and it, it creates opportunity for the rest of the receiving core because Brian mm-hmm. Burnham, and he's, he's still he's comes be down every, with it. If, but, he, if he's not double teamed every snap, then your your defensive coordinator's not doing his job. <laughs> and he still comes down with the ball. That, that's right? the impressive that's, that's part. The, that's the crazy part. <laughs> uh, Lamar Durant had over 800 mm-hmm. yards receiving last year. It was one of the biggest years. Well, it was uh, the most productive year of his career. He's coming into his age 28 season. Uh, I, I like what this year is looking like for Lamar Durant. And uh, Shaq Johnson really came on late in 2019. Another Canadian there that uh, I think uh, could yeah. have another nice season. Of course, uh, with the caveat of the offensive line. Yes, an average. Shaq Johnson's averaging seven points uh, per game against Saskatchewan. You know, five point six overall. You, you throw in a touchdown, and I mean that that jumps it up a bit, right? Like it's it's one of those things where, like you said, this if the offensive line holds up, uh, there's going to be a lot of trickle down. If Brian Burnham and and somebody like Shaq Johnson, uh, you know, they they're going to take the brunt of of the coverage. Somebody like Lamar Durant or Dominique Grimes or, or somebody like that can can get a really a bigger opportunity than they normally see. And I really like BC's starting running back here, Shaq Cooper. Got to watch him a few mm-hmm. times in the stands last year uh, in Edmonton, and I really like w- what he has. And yes. the Lions, they probably want to score early. To try and get the the rider fans shutting up a little bit, <laughs> and they don't want to, they don't want to be chasing the game either because they did that a lot in twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's probably best if they run at Saskatchewan as well. Uh, some new faces mm-hmm. in the linebacking core, losses on the defensive line. I I think to, to keep the BC Lions offensive line hitting the rider defense running at them would be a good way to do that too. Yeah. Uh, if you can, you know, run directly at the defensive line in that front seven and, and, you know, play physical and beat them down, it's just going to make it way easier for you later on in the game. Last year, uh, against Saskatchewan, he did start a couple games in a row. He averaged over five yards a carry and had double-digit mm-hmm. carries with the Elks in 2019. Let's go uh, to the first half of the Saturday night doubleheader. It's the Stamps and the Argos with, with I guess, maybe Stamps East versus Stamps West. Uh, Juwan Breskison, yep. <laughs> Eric Rogers, Devaris Daniels, Nick Arbuckle, Charleston Hughes, Cordero Law, and more. Yeah, including Ryan Didwitty returning to yeah. McMahon Stadium to play the Calgary Stampeders. You tell me those guys don't have uh, something they want to prove? Uh, I, I don't think that's up for debate. <laughs> <laughs> the only the only issue I see is them actually, you know, week one going out there and being perfectly in sync. I mean, you got a guy like Bo Levi who has had still lose Eric Rogers and Jawan Breskison out of that group. But I mean, Bo's been throwing to Kamar Jordan and Hergy Mayaga and Josh Off. Like the continuity in that receiving core in Calgary, I think is gonna. I think that's what puts them ahead a little bit. I, I know Toronto looks that good on paper, but I just I just don't see it week one. Corey Greenwood was back practicing for the Stampeders after mm-hmm. not practicing during training camp. I got to say that's a solid veteran move, Ty. 
Oh, yeah, we'll call it that. <laughs> Bo Levi Mitchell looks to be good to go. He had some tightness in his groin uh, this this training camp, but it looks like he's fully good to go after shoulder surgery in the offseason. He's already hooked his offensive line with some Oakley shades. One of them, the pairs that he was giving out, man, they looked like uh, – Randy Savage shades. Some of those guys doing the ooh yeah in twenty twenty one. One situation I'm also wanting to watch this game here is that Ucombre Williams, one of the most versatile offensive linemen in the CFL, playing for the Calgary Stampeders, mm-hmm. doesn't get talked about enough. He might be moving out the left tackle here. <laughs> Look. I know Charleston Hughes is 37 years old. Him coming back to McMahon Stadium, I, I don't want to say Williams is, Williams is in for a battle. <laughs> That's it. He, he's got a matchup here, and he's going to yeah. want to protect his quarterback, but he's also got a defensive lineman that really wants to sack that quarterback because yeah. Bo is one of his favorite quarterbacks to get to ever since he left Calgary. <laughs> And, you know, I think most of the league enjoys watching Bo Levi Mitchell get sacked, so I think there'll be a lot of Charleston Hughes fans on this on the weekend. This is a fascinating game. If you look at the uh, starting five yeah. receivers for Calgary, it's Josh Huff, Kamar Jordan, Markeith Ambles, Herjie Mayala, and then it looks like either Colton Hunchak or Richard Sindani. Sindani was listed mm-hmm. uh, on the injury report with a uh, with an illness there, I actually think there's some opportunity here. It's it's just all about picking the right one. Which one is yeah. Bo going to be in sync with that week? And sometimes that is the toughest thing to do. But there's some value with guys like Mayala, Ambles, and Huff here. They're not very expensive mm-hmm. early in the year. Uh, so. Ambles, 7.6 against Toronto. Josh Huff, 11.9. Hunchak, 10.9. Kamar Jordan, 15. Hergi Mayala, 5.5. But, I mean, Mayala's average against the entire league is 10.4. And Marquise Ambles is 10.8. So if you can pick the right one, you got the chance to put up a lot of numbers. Toronto in 2019, 59.2 points per game allowed against wide receivers. So yeah, I, I I still think their secondary is an area uh, that can be exploited by teams. Yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. And you know when you got somebody like Bolivar Mitchell in this receiving core, it 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 could just be another day, another ho hum day at the office for Bolivar. And if his if his offensive line can keep Charleston Hughes and and those guys at bay, Drake Nevis, I, I mean I, he could have no issue putting up big numbers. Kadeem Carey, the one uh, carrying the ball in mm-hmm. the backfield for the Stampeders. Toronto Argonauts, uh, Kadero Law and Drake Nevis are actually dealing with some injuries on the D-line. Um, so maybe Calgary will try to run at them a little bit here. It's an area that they struggled with in 2019, but still, Henock Buamba, Cam Judge in the linebacking core. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not really easy team. Not exactly who I want to meet three yards from the line of scrimmage. Yeah, exactly. It, it doesn't look like, if I had to guess, we're going to see the Nick Arbuckle and uh, Stampeders matchup just yet. Ryan Dinwiddie hasn't wanted to name a starting quarterback, but 
the hamstring issue. I, I, I think that McLeod Bethel Thompson is going to get the chance uh-huh. to start the season for the Toronto Argonauts here. And, you know, averaging 10.9 points against Calgary, I mean, it's not a huge surprise when you look at the team that they've had. Uh, and, you know, McLeod Bethel Thompson has had his struggles. But I, I think, like you said, with Arbuckle with with the hamstring issue, there's no point in rushing him when you have somebody who's started games before. Uh, give him that little extra, give him that little bit of extra rest, and, and make sure he's 100 percent before you throw him in that lineup. He's got some nice big receivers to throw to, and Devaris Daniels, Eric Rogers, mm-hmm. Jawan Breskison, Ricky Collins, and Levi Noel. I think Noel has uh, earned playing time with the Argos, and I, I think he's going to start. Uh, the season in the starting group. I'm excited to see what that team can do if they uh, they can come together. That's that's the biggest question for the Argos yeah. heading into to Saturday night. But McMahon Stadium never an easy place to start a season. No, it's it is no fun to be there as a player or a fan. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, Saturday night, the last game of week one, the Edmonton Elks and the Ottawa Red Blacks. The Elks handing out 35,000 free t-shirts. They've got 375 hot dogs and online 50-50. Let's go. (laughs) I am booking flights. Totally worth it for the hot dogs. (laughs) You know what? I think Elks fans look at this injury report and they just say, oh, no. Yeah. The two offensive tackles didn't practice Tuesday. I acknowledge still a couple days of practice to go um, uh, at the time of recording, but Sir Vincent Rogers missing early in the week. Kyle Saxlid. The Elks need these guys on the field for that offense to succeed at its uh, yeah. highest capability. Uh, yeah, they... If, I know Trevor Harris gets rid of the ball really quick. Yep. But if he's con- if he's constantly under pressure, eventually they're going to get to him. Uh, so they need yeah they need to figure out that offensive line. If they're if the guys are healthy and they can play, then so be it. But uh, with the injuries and the practice reports and everything like that, it's looking like they're going to have to figure something out. And I just I don't envy that decision because it's really easy to make the wrong one on the offensive line. Looks like the starting receiver group could be Darrell Walker, Greg Ellingson, Armani Edwards, Mike Jones, Tavon Smith, Walker, and Ellingson. Yeah. Wow, I, two of the best receivers in the CFL over the last yeah. little have, while yeah. here. You have two number ones there, really. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, if it's Harris has time to throw, he will absolutely. Pick apart your defense. If I had to have a knock on those guys, though, it's really interesting with Greg Ellingson. Five touchdowns each of the last two years. He had 12 Mm -hmm. in 2017 with Ottawa. Terrell Walker had six scores in 2019 with uh, with Toronto. These guys... But now uh, they have an offensive coordinator who's probably going to be able to finish drives. These guys are going to want to get into the end zone more instead of just uh, working out Sean White's yeah. leg, right? <laughs> you would think. Um, you know, still <laughs> Darrell Rocker, Darrell, blah, sorry, Darrell Walker, eleven point eight against Ottawa, seventeen point one 
overall. Greg Allenson, 10.7 against Ottawa, 14.1 overall. And you can throw Armani Edwards in there, 14.8 against Montreal and averaging 12.3 against the rest of the league. Like Even with the lack of touchdown production coming from it, they're still putting up double-digit numbers per game. And I, yeah. I don't know if there's a wrong pick out of those two because any one of those three can put up 100 and a touchdown. You just got to pick the right one for that week. I'm really wanting to watch James Wilder Jr. this year. Can he regain what he was in 2017? Mm -hmm. Ottawa's got quite the feisty front seven, but if their uh, offense can't stay on the field, then (laughs) you can wear down any defense. 100%. And James Wilder Jr. averaging 14.5 throughout his career, 16 points per game against Ottawa. Uh, You know, and that comes, a lot of that came when he was in Argo. So, I mean... A lot of that, you can look at that and be like, oh, that could probably be a little bit higher. Uh, just considering the, you know, the, the crap they were going through in Toronto at the time. Um, but if he, if they're going to hold on to the ball for 40 minutes a game, or 40 minutes <laughs> on yeah. offense that night, I mean, I don't know what Ottawa's defense is going to be able to do because they're going to be so so wore out. And he'll run right at you. Yeah. Or he'll yeah. run around, like, he, he can do both, so. Matt Nichols has been practicing for Ottawa. He is their only hope. And it's almost two years to the day <laughs> help me, that he help me, played Obi-Wan. his last game. <laughs> uh, he had a 15-5 to 5 touchdown to internet or <laughs> interception ratio before going down in 2019. Mm-hmm. That sort of ratio is going to be crucial to Ottawa. They need to protect the ball. That's... That is gotta be the first, second, third, fourth, fifth thing in their top five duties as an offense this year. Yeah, I don't think there's any question, but I think they got the right quarterback to do that with. Uh, he doesn't That's make true. a ton of bad decisions. Uh, that being said, I just, I just don't see this offense being able to sustain a lot. Yeah. Uh, the starting five receivers look to be R.J. Harris, Anthony Coombs, Jordan Smallwood, Daniel Peterman, Ryan Davis. Uh, if you look in the backfield, yeah. Brandon Gillanders, Timothy Flanders, the guys carrying the ball, Nate Bahar might be getting some action here and there in the receiving core. I don't know if I feel good about any of these players in uh, in my fantasy yeah. lineup, Ty. R.J. Harris averaging 10.3 points per game, 16.7 against Edmonton. But it's, I still just I just don't trust him with Matt Nichols. I just don't yep. see those big numbers coming back. There's and then everybody else other than uh, Arujo Lopez is under is in single is under seven points per game. So I mean, there's not a lot of upside to anybody. Maybe R.J. Harris if you want to take a flyer and and hope, but. Man, it, it's just so bleak. I do think they'll be uh, they'll be ready Saturday night against Edmonton, and they'll they'll be hitting hard. Edmonton's going to know they're going to be in a yeah. game. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I will say that. Uh, let's roll through uh, at least my fantasy lineup uh, for this this week here. What's your strategy? I, I think over the past couple years, especially as the season goes on. As soon as I can jump on a really cheap running pack, that's kind of where I like to go because unless he's scoring touchdowns or he's really proficient in the receiving game, you need a lot of yards. 
uh, from your running back to make it up with a receiver because they're getting points every single catch uh, that yeah. they make. So I like to go cheap at running back. I do like to get the, uh, a quarterback and his why or one of his receivers as a combo a little bit. And as far as defense goes, Ty, uh, I'm probably going to pick anybody playing Ottawa right now. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what I did. <laughs> I mean, that was one of the one of the easiest. That was the first position I filled out was yeah. was defense on my lineup. Build around your defense in week one. <laughs> yeah, pretty and pretty you, easy. You know what? Defenses are going to be ahead of offenses this year, and it it might be a season that starts off with lots of turnovers. So if you get the right the right defense, you might be scoring a lot of points in that position. Uh, my lineup for this week looks like Trevor Harris, Shaq Cooper for the Lions, Brady Oliveira for the Bombers, Greg Ellingson matching him up with Trevor Harris, Herji Mayala there. Uh, he's only about $5,500. And uh, Lucky Whitehead in my flex position as the Elks are in defense on uh, the CFL Fantasy website. I got about 250 bucks left over. What's your lineup looking like, Ty? Uh, obviously, Trevor Harris, I mean, that's just a no-brainer. Uh, James Wilder Jr., Johnny Augustine, that could change once depth charts come out. Uh, Greg Ellenson and Armani Edwards, hoping for, you know, Trevor Whoa. Harris to just absolutely destroy that secondary. Uh, and I threw Janarion Grant in there, hoping for some returns. And then, of course, the Elks defense. Who are you picking to win the games this week? Home sweeps. That's what I have I mean, as well. It's 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 hard to pick against that right now. It's Hamilton at Winnipeg, like that's probably your closest yeah. game of the week, like when it comes to pick 'em. But it's just hard to pick against, you know, a team with the amount or the lack of roster turnover that Winnipeg's had. And I know Hamilton didn't have a lot either, but I just feel uh, that this is one where you know Winnipeg can pull it out now. If that depth chart comes out and Andrew Harris is not playing and, you know, Darvin Adams is for sure out, then that might change some minds, especially with Zach Kalaros in there. But I, I took Winnipeg. Saskatchewan BC was pretty easy for me. Uh, Toronto, Calgary, I, until Toronto proves that they're actually going to gel as a team. And then obviously Ottawa is going to go own 14. So let's uh, let's uh, lock in our predictions for the year in the west i have it winnipeg edmonton calgary saskatchewan bc in the east i have hamilton montreal toronto ottawa the gray cup the tie cats beating the elks my mop is jeremiah mazzoli my moc is herji Myala. Now, I, I get with the Bombers finishing first, a lot needs to happen there. Zach Caleros needs to be healthy <laughs> all season for that to, that to happen. If he goes down, uh, the Bombers are, mm -hmm. are, are in deep trouble. But I, I, I don't know. I, I still do think maybe even if Winnipeg doesn't finish first, there's still the team that's built for November and this year December football tie. Well, and they came in to the playoffs last year or in 2019 as the as the three seed in the West. They did. So it it's not like it can't be done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, so, what's your standings I mean, looking like? Edmonton, K 
Calgary, Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, BC. And then Hamilton, Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa. Your Grey Cup. Oh, Grey Cup. Ah, uh, man. Calgary beats Hamilton. Whoa. <laughs> you just want to go back to 2014. <laughs> uh, MOP. Man, if, if 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 Edmonton finishes first in that West division, I I think I think it almost becomes the Trevor Harris show. It's a good call. Uh, so I'd, I'd go with Trevor Harris there, and then MOC. I like that Hergie Mayala pick, Tavon Smith. Whoa! Maybe comes out of I like maybe comes out of nowhere. Too. If you got a guy like Trevor Harris, you have to spread the ball. Out. I'm just gonna do a clean sweep with the Elks. Whoa! I'm gonna get fired. I'm gonna get fired, aren't I? <laughs> we'll remember this in uh and, in Andrew, Andrew's looking for another co-host, I think. <laughs> there it is, our predictions for the CFL season. I, I'm just so glad uh, it's here. Let's tell you about Rumi. If you've got cold drafts, flickering lights, and you don't know where that leak is coming from. <laughs> Rumi's Ask a Home Inspector service can help you with that. Connect with a certified professional home inspector by phone or video call and get your questions answered. Rumi will let you know what's easily fixable with a little DIY or when you might need to call in some professional help. Visit Rumi.ca, that's R-I, that's R-U-M-I dot C-A, and book your Ask a Home Inspector appointment today. I'm so glad it is finally here. Rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcatcher. Join us on CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em. We'll talk to you after the games on Monday. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.